Grace and mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As you can see from the screen, we're going to be taking a look at some thorny problems today, and we're going to focus particularly on the scripture reading you've already heard read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, if you're reading through 1 Corinthians, what you notice is that Paul is right smack dab in the middle of what I would call a rant. Uh, He is really ranting and raving at some of the teachers who were causing division in the church in Corinth and leading them in the wrong direction. So in chapters 10 and 11, uh, Paul complains about their behavior. And he defends his authority as a leader of the church and also defends his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And then here in chapter 12, what happens is he talks about an incredible spiritual experience he had, even though, as you paid attention to that reading, he's kind of speaking in third person as he's doing it, but he's obviously talking about himself. And this experience that he had was being caught up into what he called this third heaven, and, and it's a place that no man is even supposed to be talking about. And his point in saying this is, you know, there's all kinds of false prophets around these days. They all talk about their spiritual visions. They talk about their uh, dreams and experiences. But he said, I had the greatest experience of all. I got to see what heaven is like, and I don't even talk about it. But then Paul kind of makes a sideways jaunt into, into a passage that I think a lot of you are very familiar with. He begins to talk about this thorn in the flesh that he has. And what he was able to learn from it. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. Now, we may not all share Paul's experience. I don't know that there's anybody here today, including myself, who's ever been caught up into the third heaven. But we do share with his thorns. We know what it is to deal with weaknesses and hardships and persecutions and difficulties that he describes at the end of this chapter. And we can learn some lessons that he learned from these thorns. So you'll see the scripture again on the screen here from verses 7 to 10. And I want you to take special notice of some words in the middle that are in red. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. Paul says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Anybody resonate with that? That's an interesting verse. Now the question is, just what is... A thorn in the flesh. Now, a lot of times we think about a thorn as being some kind of a little splinter. Do you ever get one of those that goes underneath your finger? No, little buggers are really, they're very painful. Uh, and it hurts about as much as, you know, do you ever tear off a hangnail? That pain? But the Greek word here for thorn uh, more accurately means a stake. Not S-T-E-A-K but S-T-A-K-E, the kind of weapon that they actually used to kill criminals with. In other words, Paul was saying, this thorn, this stake, is so big, it could really do some damage. So the question is, what was this 
this porn, this stake that tormented Paul so much. Now, he never says, but that hasn't stopped scholars and Bible teachers from speculating. I saw this cartoon not long ago and wondered if maybe that was Paul's thorn in the flesh. Can you imagine being chained up in prison and having that guy next to you? What are you doing, Paul? What, are you writing a letter to Paul? What are you doing, Paul? You, got a, you need a new pen, Paul? <laughs> now, I seriously doubt that that was the messenger that God sent, some pesky little person in prison. But let me tell you what a few other people thought. Martin Luther uh, believed the thorn was persecution. And certainly Paul faced a lot of that. John Calvin uh, thought it was sexual temptation. Interesting. Others believed that it was his physical experience, that it, his physical appearance, that he was kind of a, a kind of a hunchback, gnomish-looking character. Other people thought he suffered from epilepsy, uh, which is why he had so many visions and trances. Some people thought that he actually suffered from malaria because he traveled in a lot of countries where you could catch that. But a lot of people thought it was eye trouble. They say that when he was struck blind on the road to Damascus, that his eyes never quite got back to normal. And that's kind of an interesting one, because if you look at the book of Galatians, he actually says that the Galatian people would have really literally plucked their eyes out and given them to Paul. And if you read to the end of the book of Galatians, how does Paul sign off? He says, see what large letters I have signed my name with. Now, so you see there's all kinds of speculations as to what this thorn in the flesh is. Now, some of you might be wondering, so Dr. Colt, what do you believe? Well, I believe Paul didn't tell us. That's what I believe. And he didn't tell us for a reason. And I think the reason he didn't tell us is that it's not important what the thorn is. What's important is what the thorn teaches. So I'm going to share with you this morning five different things about thorns. That, uh, and I, I think this will give you a whole new insight on all these pesky little problems you have in life and show you how to experience God's power when you least expect it. And the first thing I would, I would tell you is that thorns provide a necessary balance to your life. In verse 7 it says, to keep me from being what? Conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. In other words, that vision into heaven there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, this is the very sad truth of our fallen, sinful nature. See, without thorns in our life, we can get pretty proud of ourselves from time to time. I mean, people who, who have success after success after success in life, well, they're often kind of prone towards pride and all those kinds of things. And, th and this can even happen to us spiritually. I mean, I've known many people who've had very powerful experiences with the Holy Spirit who afterwards became quite self-congratulatory about that experience. And, and this isn't a good thing, which is why sometimes God in His mercy often intervenes and He'll send a situation into your life that kind of brings you back, if you will, to reality. I had a discussion uh, several weeks ago, somebody asked me at the coffee shop, so are you preaching anywhere in the next couple of weeks? And I said, yeah, I am. And I wanted to know what I was preaching about. And I said, I'm going to preach about it. Nick, the, the thorn in Paul's flesh. And this person got really hostile. 
immediately. And he, he was hostile to the idea that God would put a thorn in our lives for our own good. And then he said, uh, I hate the whole idea and I don't need a God who puts me in my place. I don't have a problem with conceit and pride. So I don't need whatever God thinks he can do in my life. Now, he kept using that word, I. I was waiting for the punchline. I thought there was a joke at the end of this somehow. But the truth is, he wasn't joking. He was full of pride. And he didn't want God intervening in that happy time he was experiencing. See, the truth is, you and I do need thorns from time to time. Little ones, we need big ones. Uh, We need life's difficulties to kind of keep us from, you know, help us keep things in perspective. Now, what I've learned is that the deeper... Uh, I get into God, and the more he tends to use me in ministry, the more annoying these little thorns become. But they're a necessary part of life, and they serve a purpose. Here's the second thing I've learned about them. Uh, Specific thorny details are best kept to yourself. Go on to the next screen. I think that'll be up there. There we go. Now, Paul never... Uh, discloses the identity of his thorn. And I think that's a pretty good model to follow. I, I, don't, I really don't think people need to know every detail about every little pesty problem that you're experiencing. Now, I recently read an interesting quote. It was on Facebook, so therefore this must be true. <laughs> it said, 80% of the people don't care about your problems, and the other 20% are happy you have them. Now, do I have a thorn in the flesh? Yeah. And more accurately, I have thorns. I'm kind of like a rose bush sometimes without the rose. Uh, But we're not here to get into a a, a thorn bragging competition. You know, I don't want you out in the hallway. You think you have a thorn in the flesh? You ought to see mine. And then we're talking big. Now, we're we're not here to, to have a contest. The idea is not to go on and on and on with people about the power of the thorn. The idea is to use it as an experience, a way to experience the power of God. Now, I'm absolutely sure that all of you here has some sort of a pesty problem in your life, something that sometimes hinders you from doing what it is that God wants you to do. But rather than going on and on and on about it, build a bridge and get over it already. Go to God. And deal with it. And so here's the next thing you see on the screen. Here's the third thing. The right thing to do is, first of all, pray about this thorn. Pray to be removed. Paul says, three times I pleaded to the Lord. When was the last time you actually were pleading when you were praying? Some of you will know exactly what we're talking about, what Paul's talking about here. Now, some people say that this three is somewhat symbolic. That uh, it means that he prayed about this thorn repeatedly, over and over and over again. Others say, no, that number three is a literal number, and that on three different times, Paul was in focused prayer about this difficulty, asking God to take it out of his life. But uh, whenever I can't figure something out in the scriptures, I always go back to the original languages. And that's one benefit of being... Uh, a seminary graduate, although you don't need to be a seminary graduate today, you've got Google, you can do the same thing. 
but when I went back at the Greek grammar in this verse, it kind of implies that Paul prayed and the thorn was removed, but the thorn came back and he prayed again and it was removed and then he prayed again and it came back the third time before God kind of said to Paul, okay, it's going to just be there. Now, not all scholars agree with me. In fact, a lot of people don't agree with me, but that's okay. But it's kind of an interesting insight when you think about it. The point is that the thorn was a matter of prayer for Paul, and prayer was directed toward God to get rid of it. And this is where you and I come into this, into this story, because we can do that. When a big problem arises in your life, you can start off by doing what? Asking God to remove it. And you know what I've discovered is that when you actually get serious about this, and you actually start speaking to God and praying, pleading, more often than not, God moves it along. Now, but there are other times when a situation comes into your life, and you're going to pray about it. There are some things in my life that I have prayed for years. And the answer is, well, sometimes it wasn't the answer I was quite looking for. God kind of threw me a curveball. And I think that's what happened here to Paul. A thorn in the flesh came into his life. He asked God to remove it. And God said, in effect, no, I'm not going to remove it, but I am going to give you the power to deal with it. Slightly different. See, whenever a problem comes into your life, when it comes into my life, it's good and it's right to pray about it first. It's good to plead about it. Uh, You can pray for whatever you want to happen. And that's why Paul says, and some of you know this Bible verse from Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Get on your knees. Pray about the problems in your life. Present your requests. Tell Him what you hope would happen. And while doing this, be aware that sometimes the answer won't be quite what it is you are looking for. And sometimes He's going to say yes. Sometimes he's going to say no. Sometimes he's going to say, this is going to linger for a while. Now, let's move on to the fourth one. The fourth thing I want you to see, and that is thorns inspire reliance upon God. Now, I mentioned those red words before on that text. And the interesting thing is, how many of you have a red letter Bible? One of those Bibles where the words of Jesus show up in red in the New Testament... Well, if you had a red-letter Bible and you go home and you look at today's text, you're going to see right in the middle of today's text, some words are in red. That's because Jesus is speaking. He was teaching and preaching and ministering, and Paul actually quotes him. So in the, nearly all of these things, you know, these words are, are the same as if Jesus was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount or telling the parable of the prodigal son. Now, what did Jesus say to Paul? Well, verses 9 and 10, what you saw before in the red was this, My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. There's something to write on a 3 by 5 card and put on your refrigerator or hang in your mirror. And to that, then, Paul added, Therefore, I will boast even more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, Insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
You see, friends, what Paul is saying, in effect, is when this thorn is kind of getting the best of me, it drives me to rely on God even more than ever before. Because I, 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 have to, I can figure it out that I can't beat this on my own, but what I've learned is that when I rely on God, Paul is saying, I've got all the power I need at my fingertips. Now, Paul didn't say, I can do everything through my own strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything, what? Through him who gives me strength. And that's why he also says that Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Did you realize you've got dynamite in you? I mean, that's what power is in the Greek. It's dunamis, dynamite. You've got the very power of God in you as a Christ follower. See, it's the thorns in life, whatever they may be, that drive us to rely on God more than ever before. And the more you rely on Him, the more you experience His power, and it's a profound power. See, a God that can make your problems go away is really a powerful God. And we see that. But a God who will walk with you hand in hand through your problems, when all the fires are raging and the bullets are flying and the bombs are going off, and who's able to get you safely through that issue to the other side unscathed and untouched, that's power indeed, and that's also the power of God. Whether you take it away or whether he walk with you through it. Here's the fifth thing I want to say about thorns from our text. It is that thorns are not nearly as bad as they're made out to be. Do you ever have somebody come up to you and they, they kind of want, Oh man, I got this real cross in life to bear. I always say to them, No, you didn't. Jesus already carried it. You don't need to carry it. One crucifixion was enough. Oh, it's a real thorn in my side. Suck it up. Deal with it. Turn to the Lord. That's where the power goes. Now, I've listened to enough people complain in my life as a pastor. And I have to be a little bit careful because some people complain about what I think some of the most ridiculous things. I almost feel like, hey, stop. Let me tell you about this other person. I'll tell you about what a real problem looks like. But your problems are your problems and they're as big as you want to make them be. But I think you're going to find out that a lot of your problems are not nearly as big as you think. Listen to what Paul said. Therefore, I will boast even more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's for why Christ's sake I delight in what? Now, he lists some of these things. Weakness. You ever felt weak? Weak and weary, heavy laden, cumbered, to the Lord, uh, cumbered with care. What? You take it to the Lord in prayer. Isn't that the old hymn? Insults. Anybody ever been insulted? Sure. You're too fat, you're too thin, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too tanned, you're not, you look like a sheet. You know, all these insults people like, I mean, who do you think you are? We get that all the time. Hardships. Anybody ever had a hardship in their life? <laughs> now, I don't know what yours is, I know what mine are, they're called children. <laughs> I shouldn't say that they were just with us this week in Branson, they're, they're a real delight. But he also says they're persecutions. I don't know whether you've ever... We've not been persecuted like they are some places overseas. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I was invited to lead a crusade in Hyderabad. And so I asked my Indian friends, should I do that? And they said, well, the last European person that led a crusade in Hyderabad, they drug him off the platform and beat him with clubs. 
And I thought, not interested in that. But there are other persecutions nonetheless. And, and, and so Paul goes on, he says, and there are difficulties. Now, I, don't know what a diff- I don't know what your difficulties are, but I know what my difficulties are. But Paul says, I actually delight in my thorns. I delight in the problems that I have. I delight in those things that demonstrate my weakness, because in the very same moment, they demonstrate to me the power of God. In James 1, he says something about, any of you got problems? Good. (laughs) You want to surprise somebody sometimes? I do this every once in a while. Pastor, I need to talk to you about my problem. And I say, good. And they go, what? I said, because now you and God have an opportunity to work together. Count it all joy. Isn't that what James says? See, there are some problems that come into your life that on the surface appear to have the power to wipe you out. They have, the, they have the appearance of having so much power that they can close the door on your future, or at least at the very least, uh, take away your peace of mind. I mean, in a crowd this size, some of you have gone through some financial problems, some of you health problems, some marital problems, some kid problems, some boss problems, some employee problems. Uh, Customer problems, car problems, traffic problems. Uh, One guy on 65 this morning, I think, was having problems with the highway patrol or the Nixa police. He's experiencing a thorn, perhaps a deserved one. But, you know, they're bigger than you are, whatever this is. There's no question about it. But if you approach them in the right way, they don't close the door on anything. They open the door, really, to a deeper experience of the power of God in your life. Now, you might say, so what is the key to God's power? What is the key to God's power? I'd say, very simply, it's relying on Him in our weakness. When I'm weak, then what? He's strong. See, often we deal with thorns the wrong way. When they come into our lives, what do we do? We kick and holler and scream and complain. We get frustrated. We blame God for it. We resist. Whatever God is trying to accomplish through that situation, we do anything, anything except rely on the grace and power of God. That's why Paul said, Therefore I will boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. For Christ's sake, I delight in these, making this all those thorns again. See, friends, that's the paradox of God's power. When you come full of yourself, there's no room for anything else. When you come empty, that's when he can fill your life with his presence and with his power. See, thorns come in all shapes and sizes. That's just plain simple a fact of life. And some of these are tiny little splinters. Some are giant, humongous unbearable, impaling stakes that just seem to pierce you through your soul. And all of them have the power at different times to knock us completely off our feet. But that's not necessarily a bad thing when you stop and think about it. See, if you've got problems that are bigger than you are, do you know what you need to do? Rather than complain about it, rather than brag about it, start to Pray about it. See what God wants to do with whatever problem is in your life at this time. Maybe it's just there for a season. 
Maybe it's there for a different reason than what you think. Whatever the case, and whatever the cause, use it as an opportunity to rely on God even more than ever before. One last screen, I'll say it one more time. This is what I've learned. When you're weak and resistant, you're just weak. When you're weak and reliant, you're strong with the strength of the Lord. And the strength of His grace is all you need to get through anything that life brings you away. May God bless you on your thorny journey. Amen. Our worship continues as we gather together our tithes and our offerings.